Good morning, Citygate. Good to see you. Hope you're well. Uh, we are in a series on detox, but before I get there, I just want to bring some exciting news, actually, about some staffing uh, changes and uh, the privilege to tell you that we are employing uh, some new people for the new year. Uh, we're employing Ellie Salvi. Uh, to work with Ed, who heads up our kind of operational aspects of the church, and she's going to be helping with Sundays and events and the management that goes around that. She's going to be involved in our child's safeguarding and processing all of that for us and helping us with that, and a whole load of other stuff with systems and structures, uh, which a church like ours needs. So really excited to be having Ellie uh, working with us starting in January very soon, next week, in fact. Uh, and we're also uh, employing Priscilla Roxburgh, uh, which is a, a great thing for us too. Uh, Priscilla has been on our uh, leadership team, our strategic leadership team is what we call it here, uh, for the last year or so, has been uh, an exceptional addition and um, she has a great leadership gift, and so we want to employ her to be able to use that fully. She's going to be giving two of her days into social action and overseeing all that and helping us to really push forward on that. Um, she will be helping Peter uh, in the whole leadership development aspect of Citygate Church and uh, will continue, I think, to help us strategically just uh, working out plans and uh, things across church life. Um, she has a real passion for raising leaders, particularly female leaders, seeing them fulfill all that God had, has called them to do. And there's a great experience uh, in the charity sector having leadership roles in there over many, many years. So just wanted to let you know of those things. Um, and just for completeness, Peter Roxburgh too has been uh, giving us a day, uh, a week volunteering and uh, overseeing our, our small group uh, life groups and, and that whole structure, uh, we're also going to now pay him for that day. He's been giving it to us voluntarily, which has been fantastic, but we're going to pay him for that going forward from here on in. Um, so yes, just some exciting initial news uh, to bring you. Um, I'm talking about detoxing the body today. We're in a detox series and uh, since uh, January the 1st, if I have uh, a little bit of a, an issue, uh, or one of my issues, it's sugar, all right? I love a cake, I love a chocolate bar, I love a hot chocolate, and yes, I will have the cream and the marshmallows on top, okay? So that's the kind of uh, sweet tooth I have, and um, I have gone the last two weeks without any added sugar, Okay, I just thought it was time uh, to kind of make a little bit of a change there. And um, uh, which, I mean, after Christmas is never a good time to do that. Here's what I've got waiting for me uh, when I decide uh, I've had enough of this, um, which is in the cupboard under the stairs. In fact, now that I've said that, it's gone public. My boys will know. It might not be there when I get back. Um, Here's what I found out. Here's what I always knew, but I found out to a whole new level, is that we were made to crave. Our bodies crave the things uh, around us. 
our flesh, it seems, sometimes screams out for stuff uh, and to be satisfied by all sorts of things. What's the definition of craving? Well, dictionary says something that we long for, something that we want greatly, something that we desire eagerly, that we'd almost beg for it. Um, And maybe you can recognize some cravings in your own life, in your body. Maybe uh, it's a craving for material things that you see, the eyes, uh, things like money and objects and uh, things. Maybe it's sexual cravings. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's products to make your body look good. Maybe it's eating Maybe it's drinking. Uh, Maybe it's scrolling to satisfy yourself. But the Bible tells us, and uh, I want to start putting this right out at the start, like where wherever you are, we were made to crave one thing and one thing only, and that is God. But there is an enemy in this world, and this enemy, the Bible calls him Satan or the devil, all names for the same thing. He wants to do all that he can to replace that one kind of desire for God with other desires. And as Christians, we have to be mindful of this and our bodies because they are powerful and they have powerful cravings. And Paul In uh, 1 Corinthians, he writes into this. The context is one of correction. He's already talked about them having disputes together as a a community together, a family. And then he goes on to talk about their view of the body, their disrespectful view of the body. And uh, it seems if you you read Corinthians earlier on in, in chapter, or later actually in chapter 11, it seems like they're, when they come together around the, the bread and the wine, the communion, the table, and the Lord's Supper, uh, that some of the people in the room are getting drunk. Their desire for that is, is so much. With the wine. In elsewhere, in chapter 5, they, they, it seems like these, these people are, some of them are boasting uh, around terrible sexual practices that they're involved in, incest. And they're boasting around that. And Paul speaks into that. The Bible has something to say about cravings. And uh, to save my voice, I've asked uh, Sidhu just to come and uh, read that for us. So, Sidhu, please come. 1 Corinthians 6, um, from 12 to 20, it says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. 
flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Thank you, Sidhu. So I've got a couple of points which I want to uh, work yourself through um, about the body. first one is the body rotten. Uh, the bell, if you like, of the dawn of time goes. God uh, has created the earth and as his masterpiece, he makes uh, man and woman, humankind. And they are made perfect. They are made beautiful in that garden with everything that they ever need. No kind of bodily disease or deformity. There is perfection in our bodies at that moment. They are naked and they are unashamed, which suggests that sense of uh, just perfection um, of each person's body. No moobs, no cellulite, perfect specimens, we would think, uh, of what of that is in the garden. And God makes their bodies. The physical aspect is good. Matter matters. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible tells us. And um, God wants us to therefore love our bodies and to use them for him. I mean, the body's amazing, right? I looked up a few stats. Did you know that the nose produces a cup full of mucus every day? Uh, I think my nose has produced about eight cupfuls uh, just this morning. Uh, but that's another story. Um, do you know what? We shed 30,000 skin cells every minute. So whilst I've been just doing these body facts, you've lost another 30,000 skin cells. Don't worry, you can't really see them. They're not coming onto you from the next person who you're sat next to. And if we were to put our blood vessels end to end, they would go round the world more than two times. That's amazing, isn't it? Fearfully and wonderfully made. But there's something called sin in the Bible, and it enters the world very quickly uh, after the creation, it seems. Through one man, death came, and therefore sin came, and sin has come to every man. The body, if you like, is rotten. It's rotten from that moment onwards. And this was Eve's temptation to be like God, the devil. The serpent, the snake in that story used food as a tool in the process. That's got to be significant, hasn't it? Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. 1 John 2 makes a 
a kind of great statement around this. 1 John 2 verse um, 16. Uh, it, says, it says this. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The cravings of sinful man, if you like. That was Eve. She saw the fruit, the cravings of sinful man. The lust of the eye. She saw it and it was good to eat and desirable for gaining wisdom. This kind of boasting in our lives for significance. Finding our significance in other things outside of God. Finding our satisfaction in other things outside of God, material things satisfying us instead of God, bodily things that we consume satisfying us instead of God. And our sinful natures, therefore, are worked out through our bodies. This is everyone who is a descendant of Adam and Eve, and that is all creation. All of us live in this world and our bodies since that moment decay and we know that death and sin and sickness and pain and distortion are as a result of that moment where the enemy wants to take our view off of God and fill us and help us, make us feel satisfied with other things rather than God. And so our sinful natures at our, the very root of our lives are outworked through our bodies often. And the sinful acts of what is often self-fulfillment and pleasure abound. And this statement, if you like, that Paul uh, talks about, the Corinthian slogan, all right, from that passage that we've read, it was stomach food for the stomach and stomach is for food. It's kind of a, a kind of a motto, if you like, of how they would live, of how they were treating the body and the things that they would consume uh, from it. And you only have to go to your local Toby Carvery to see something of this taking place. And you and I will know, as I do, as I've been craving sugar fixes and highs that we can uh, get overly kind of desiring for these things rather than what is good for us. So the body's in a bit of a, a mess, if you like, but God doesn't want us to stay that way. My second point is the body redeemed. Jesus came as a man in a body. He knew every temptation of the flesh but he resisted all of those temptations by the power of the Spirit. He was a perfect, sinless man, therefore. And so he was able to be a sinless sacrifice for sinners, you and I. And as he went to the cross, he made a way for us to be changed. For this, if you like, process of degeneration to be reversed and for regeneration 
to take place if we trust in him. There is a chance for us to be changed, to be forgiven of our sins and regenerated to life. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 and 19, it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life that was handed down to you from your forefathers. It's talking about what happened in the garden, that empty way of life. We can be redeemed from it, if you like. We can be uh, exonerated from that moment, not by someone paying for it in terms of silver or gold, but it was paid for, that verse tells us, with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's that incredible good news that Jesus has done something incredible for us, given his life in our place so that we can come to know the Father again, the separation of sin being broken by him and him providing forgiveness for us on the cross. His pierced body has purchased our polluted, rotten bodies. They are bought at a price, at a cost. And as a result, if you have become a Christian, your body is not your own. This passage, doesn't it, tells us that as a Christian, our souls are saved, our minds are renewed, and our bodies, well, that doesn't matter, right? They're they're just going to rot, so it doesn't matter. No, yes, it does. Paul tells us here they are temples of the Holy Spirit. At that moment of salvation where we give ourselves to God, he comes and lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies become temples of the Holy Spirit where he dwells in us. Which is something to think about, isn't it? And behold. And so Paul changes the slogan, no longer food for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. He says the body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. There's a shift that has happened, and Paul is talking to the Corinthians saying, this (laughs) is who you are now in Christ. Our bodies are where our changed hearts and our renewed minds are working that out. And we will be judged, the Bible tells us, on that stuff, the stuff we do in the body on that final day when we stand before him. So, what happens next? If you like the body as a Christian, has been reset. Number three, the body reset. Now, we are set free from this sin, something of the fleshly desires to just consume and crave the things that are around us. And now we have a new kind of sense of desire, which is completely and fully, or should be, for God. But we know that at times... 
we can be distracted from that, can't we? And that's what this series of detox is all about. You see, in that moment, we are once again invited, and we should enjoy all the good things that God has made. Every physical pleasure, everything that has been made good by God is for us to enjoy. And do you know what? As we enjoy those in the right way, God gets glory and honor. Enjoying the things that he's given us. But though they are good, they are not to become gods for us. They are not to overtake our desire for him. Let me talk about a couple of the things that are obvious in this passage. Uh, one of them is food and drink. talked about that a little bit already. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about sexual uh, intimacy and sexual immorality. So number one, God is for food and drink. But he's not for gluttony or drunkenness. Jesus did the wine miracle, didn't he? 180 gallons of the stuff. The Bible tells us that Jesus himself came eating and drinking as he met with sinners, those around him who were far from him. Israel was commanded to feast. Some of them took about, went on for like seven days. And so what's this telling us? It's saying that God's okay with overindulging at special times and when in community and in thanks to God. Thus, if you regularly overeat or overdrink in isolation without thanking God, we've stepped outside of God's best for us and we're in the area and the realm of sin. And we know that these things are unhealthy to us, our bodies. We know that drunkenness can lead to a whole bunch of other stuff, whether that's violence, adultery, or sexual immorality. And we know that overeating in time can cause our body significant issues, whether it's heart disease, cancer, or increased blood pressure. <clears throat> You know, a third of males and a quarter of females drink more than the, the recommended uh, average amount the government recommends. 64 of adults, 64% of adults are obese or stroke overweight. 25% of kids in year six, it seems, are clinically obese. God is for food and drink, but he's not for gluttony or drunkenness. Number two, God's for sexual intimacy, but not sexual immorality. God loves sex. He designed it, he invented it, and he made it for our pleasure and for our procreation, but he put boundaries around it. He said it was to be enjoyed within the context of the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. And in this way, it is beautiful, it is loving, it is life-giving, life-bringing, 
and very, very enjoyable, right? It's when that is taken outside of those boundaries that the problems occur. As Christians particularly, because God is in us, verse 5 tells us that our bodies are now members of Christ himself. So we need to take care, therefore, with whom we unite them to. Shall we unite them with a prostitute? Absolutely not. The Corinthians were using sex, if you like, like just feeling hungry and going and getting some food to, to quench that hunger. They feel like they want sex, they go and find it, they have it. And sexual immorality outside of that boundary leads to all sorts of issues as well. We know it and we see it around us. Physical issues, emotional issues, psychological issues. And these misuse of our bodies, they don't honor God. They defile his name. It was God who created sexual intimacy. It's the enemy, again, the devil, who brought about and makes pornography and other things like that that lead us away from the intimacy that God has given for us and lead us into trouble. And so Paul says here, doesn't he, pretty starkly, that we must flee those things. Flee from them. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. This one seems to be something that has a, a significant effect, if you like, inside the body. And so his advice is to keep God as your ultimate desire and let nothing come in the way of that. So the Bible's answer to healthy kingdom living is moderation. Verse 12 says, everything is permissible for me and all those things are good, aren't they? And they are permissible. But the question we have to ask ourselves, which is what Paul is saying, is this, and is it beneficial? Not everything is beneficial. And then this phrase, I will not be mastered by anything. The reason we get unhealthy is because we become enslaved by these other masters rather than Jesus. The enemy tells us that they will give us love. It tells us that they will satisfy us. It tells us that they'll bring significance in our lives and acceptance and they'll make us feel better and they may do for a moment, but they don't satisfy us ultimately and they lead us away from God and into other things. And the place I want to help us to get to and I've been learning to get to as I've been craving that, those little sugar things. It's amazing how habitual it becomes. Like at three o'clock, I like a cup of tea and as a, when I have a cup of tea, I grab a biscuit from the cupboard. 
And if I'm feeling a bit like I need a bit more energy, I think to myself, oh, I'll get two. And then when three o'clock comes and you're not doing that, you feel just like you want a biscuit. Tea doesn't taste the same without one. Some of you will know what I'm saying. For some of you, this isn't your thing at all. It's other things that I perhaps have mentioned. And then we end up justifying ourselves and say, it's been a really hard day. You deserve a treat. You heard that one? The devil, isn't he? Having little, saying it's all right. Keep craving it. Keep craving it. It's only a small example in some respects, but it makes the point. And after two days of doing this, I felt good and I felt, I felt like I was winning. And, and so it's like, why do you need to go on? You've, you've proved that you can resist it for a few days. Like, have a, have a Twix. <laughs> it's how it works, isn't it? It's how it works. Everything's permissible, but it's not always beneficial. Am I being mastered by this? After two weeks, it's definitely got a lot easier. I can tell you that. But apparently, the natural body's high and energy and all of that doesn't come in until three weeks, apparently. <laughs> so I've got to keep going, right? I've got to keep going. I won't go forever. But it's been a healthy thing for me to do. And I'll tell you what I found is in those moments, I've turned to God. And I've said those very words or other truths that I found in the Bible. I'll not be mastered by this. I don't need this right now. You know, Jesus was tempted in the same way that Eve was. He was tempted in all of those ways. The devil said, uh, the lust of the eyes, look at all these kingdoms, I'll give them to you. The kind of cravings of sinful man, he he. he he, he was uh, fasting for 40 days and the, and the devil said, turn those rocks into bread. The boasting of, of being significant uh, was seen by the devil saying to, to Jesus, jump off of this cliff and command your angels to collect you. And of course, Jesus could have done every one of those things, but he resisted. Why? Because he stood on the truth of God's word. Each time the devil came, he quoted scripture. Tim said this last week, in order to win the battle for the body, we've got to win the battle for the mind. We're transformed by using truth that transforms our lives. You know the difference between Eve and Jesus? Eve had all the pleasures that she could ever want in the garden, Every type of food. She was perfect in every way. Jesus had fasted for 40 days. He was at his most vulnerable. Eve took her eyes off of the Bible and God and fell. Jesus stood on the truth of God's word and lived out resisting temptation so that he might be that sinless sacrifice for us. That was a big difference. And that's how we, in the, in the way that Jesus modeled it, can, can model lives that reflect him. And he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do this. And I just love that. 
He doesn't leave us of our own devices. He, the Holy Spirit is in us for that very reason, to help us live out and win out on these things. So when craving comes knocking, when sin is at your door, we can say, no thanks, I'm full. What are we full on? We're full on God and his promises and his spirit for us. I gave you a definition of craving earlier. Here's the Bible definition of craving. I've taken it out of Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2. It says, my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh cries out for the living God. If we crave him, we'll not be mastered by anything else. The goal of the Jesus life, if you like, is not just to not sin, not just to try hard each day not to sin. No, but it's enjoy God with the things that he's given us and the boundaries that he puts around them. It's not just more rules. It's thinking about what's helpful for us and for others. And today, there is grace for us to bring these things into the light. To identify them, recognize what is perhaps holding us in some area in our bodily craving and to be able to give it to him, to repent and to come back and put our eyes upon Jesus and to let him once again be the craving and object of our desire. As I come to finish the body matters it's not because it's a it's ultimate but it's because it's given to us by God as a gift and we're to steward it in that way in a godly way therefore in view of God's mercy live for him let your body be a living sacrifice and worship to him in that way, you will find out his good and pleasing will. So, what does detox look like for you in this area? Maybe if you're someone who has such a high view of body image and you're not satisfied with it and you pay so much attention to it getting right and being perfect and having a, a perfect social media kind of uh, photo, whatever that looks like. Maybe you need to pay less attention to your body in that respect. But maybe if you're someone who recognizes unhealthy and negative thoughts around your body, around food, around drink, around sexual urges, then you need to pay more attention if you like into bringing those into line with God's best for you. You know what? One day, the body will be raised. Our rotten bodies, what was sown perishable, will be made imperishable, raised in perfection with a resurrection body just as Jesus was raised from the dead. That's a day to look forward to, right? A day where we won't need to 
worry about any of the, the bodily stuff that we worry about here will be consumed by and only by God's glory. There'll be no more sickness, no more decay, no more deterioration or death. And we'll live with him in perfect harmony, in a perfect earth that will be heaven. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. An end to all temptation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, guys, let's get ourselves uh, living this way, knowing that that day is coming soon. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I'm going to pray for us. going to respond together I wonder if um, there's a couple of things I'd love to do I'd love to give you opportunity to uh, just respond right where you are and uh, I'm going to go straight away if you know that there are areas in your life fleshly desires that sometimes overcome your ability to kind of withstand that, then why don't you just stand where you are right now? It's a brave thing to do, isn't it? It's a brave thing to do. But let's be before God. I believe he genuinely wants to come and give us a fresh glimpse of him. And as you're standing, you're recognizing that this sometimes has a hold on you. And you know God's best is, is not that. And you want to get back to God's best. And I believe in this spiritual moment, God's going to come and cleanse you. He's going to forgive you as you express your heart to him. So let's just repent for a moment if that's you. You've recognized something. Perhaps the Holy Spirit's put its, his finger on something in your life. Well done for standing. You know, the moment you were saved, there was a reset. (laughs) New creation in Christ. But sometimes we take that back, don't we? Our flesh is still in a process. It's in a battle. And today is another reset day. We have, by the grace of God, we have as many of these as we need. As we come back to him in repentance, and faith and he restores us by his grace because the blood that he shed still has power in our lives to live for him in these days so just tell him you have to do it out loud tell him in your hearts in your minds Ask his forgiveness.
And as you're doing that, he's restoring you. Holy Spirit, come and restore bodies. We pray for the enemy's tactics to be nullified by the truth of who they are in you and in Christ. Lord, I pray, give them scriptures (coughs) (coughs) that they will not be mastered by anything but you. And Lord, let them, give them such a desire, such a craving that comes from within for you and the things of God. Would you fill them with your spirit now? Would you set them on a new trajectory? And Lord, if they have to make practical changes, if they need to make radical kind of shifts in their life to win out on these things, then and let them find support in others. It's so important, this accountability in this Christian life with others who are for us and can help us to be able to live this out for your glory. Lord, would their lives be a living sacrifice? Would their bodies honor you in all that they do? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I I really want to pray for sick bodies as well right now. Is that okay? Can we do that? If you are sick, you know, something of heaven loves to invade earth, something of that raised body that we will one day have, God has the power to do that in us now. And I would love to see more healing amongst us of God coming in power. And so if you're sick in this place, I I want you to be brave. I want you to come out or stand up. If you like anything, any physical, emotional, mental thing that you are struggling with, just stand again. Just stand. God's here. You may have been prayed for a hundred times. You may have never been prayed for. You might be not even a believer in Jesus this morning. But he loves you and he's for you and he's for your body. And he feels your pain. I want you to know that. He feels your pain because he experienced excruciating pain. He knows what pain is like. But he stands with you in your discomfort. And at times he breaks in and brings healing. And Lord, we pray for that right now in these bodies, Lord. I felt particularly for still people who are suffering as a result of COVID, long COVID. You've never got over that thing, if you like, that was then. 
pray for those people, Lord. If that's you, just stand. God, would you restore bodies that are broken? Lord, would you, by the power that you have and only you have, would you bring healing to broken bodies? Lord, to cancers. We say, let the cancer die and let the cells in those bodies live again. We pray for your resurrection power in backs and necks and knees. Healing, Lord. Healing power, Lord, from you by the Holy Spirit to us. We pray for blood pressures, systemic diseases, chronic pains, headaches, insomnia. Lord, let us know your healing presence that we might be well, fit and able to serve you in the time that we have on this earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wholeness and health. Wholeness and health, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, keep working amongst us. Jesus, there's one last group. You're welcome to sit down if you want to. There's one last group I want to just give an invitation for this morning. If you don't know Jesus yet in this room, you won't know the power to overcome sin. Though you can recognize things that are unhealthy in your life. And you know that if you're honest, your body is drawn to other things. And as I've talked about this story of the gospel and the good news. You felt a sense of, I need that, I want that. And I wanna urge you therefore to put your trust in Jesus, who is the one who can save you from your sin, forgive you of all your unrighteousness with his body that he paid for all of your mess so that you could come to know him, be free, forgiven, and begin to win out 
because of the power of the Holy Spirit that will come and dwell in you for the rest of your life. And so if that's you in this room, maybe for the first time, I want to invite you to stand. You've never done this publicly before. You never responded to Jesus in this way. Or you've been away from him for some months or even years. And you're coming back to him today. I'd love you to stand just where you are. Just where you are. I'm going to give a moment for this. Father's calling you home. Maybe you're watching online. This is equally for you. Just stand. Respond to the Father as he introduces you through the Spirit to Jesus and you give your life to him. Is there anyone in here today that wants to give their life to Jesus? One last moment. I'm going to pray and we're going to finish. Father, thank you that you created us. Thank you that your intention was perfection. And though that was broken, you made a way an incredible way for us to come and know you again. Lord, would you help all of us to be use our bodies as living sacrifices for you as our acts of worship. Help us to flee from temptation, to resist the craving. And Lord, to put all of our affection and desire to you. Make our hearts yearn increasingly for you, Lord, so that everything else will be lesser and not fulfill us, for we would be full with your love. Thank you, God, that you give us strength to do this and grace, and you walk with us in all of our situations. Help us to keep winning out on this, Lord, to be a witness for you with our bodies, wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen.